Okay, so you ready for for episode number two? I'm so ready. Nikki, welcome to episode number one. Posted on yes and no because i'm the one that edited it i knew exactly i listened to that thing a thousand times so i just like i i'm a bot i turned it on and i turned my volume all the way off so i didn't have to listen to it again because i've already listened to it like a million times (laughs) i think that we have like what a total of 50 listens on it right now yeah which is actually i'm I'm super excited it makes me so giggly inside but um, I honestly think like 10 of those are from me. So we have like 40 listens. Nice. I don't know if it counts like each listen or if like it each counts person. each listen or if it, if it counts each account. Well, if it counts each account, then we're chilling. Count each listen, and then 10 of those are from me. Yeah. We finally came up with the schedule, which is good. Yes. No, so we're be releasing every Friday or Friday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You Every Friday. Okay, cool. Our visuals will be posted the night that we record, which is on Mondays. Oh. We record on Mondays. Oh, I forgot. I, forgot. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Um, we record on Mondays, so we'll put out the visuals then, and then we'll put out even more visuals on Wednesday. That way, everybody's not waiting super long in between posts. Mm-hmm. Also, excuse my chewing. I don't know if it'll even pick it up, honestly. Mm. Our daily questions that we have for each other came okay. up with the idea of posting them on Instagram as polls when we come out with our episode. So that'll be cool. You guys can look forward to that every Friday, too. It also will be so interesting to get everyone else's like answers and like their feedback. So hello and welcome to Best Schools Podcast. Hello. If you're new here, we talk about all things paranormal, murders, all things spooky and kooky. I'm Miranda and this is my co-host Isa. We like to start our podcast off with a daily question. Do you want to ask me your question first mm-hmm. or do you want me to ask mine first? So, Queen, okay. you've seen the Saw movies, yeah? Yes. Okay. So, which Saw trap do you think you could survive? Oh, I don't know, honestly. Really? Probably none of them. Okay, so I think it's movie three when the detective, um, she has like her ribs hooked up to that like that mm. thing that you know would yeah. tear her ribs open. But she has to put her hand in just like a vat of acid to get the key to unlock her rib thingy, and that honestly seems like the easiest oh, yeah. one. All I gotta do is like that. put your hand in it. I mean, yeah. It's gonna mm. hurt, but it's a saw trap. Regardless, you're gonna lose some skin. Mm-hmm. So, do it quickly. Get the key. Unlock yourself, and you're fucking good to go. I think I could easily do that. I, I think I think that one's doable. Easily do yeah. That. Anything that has to do with like fears or something that's not gonna really mm. like kill you completely. Yeah, I think it's yes. beautiful. Um, I saw the trailer for the new one, the new Saw movie, and one of the traps. I don't know what the like premise of the trap was but all i see is like this guy has a mask or a thing hooked up to his face and there's tubes leading to his eyes so i'm assuming it's gonna be like acid or something we need to go watch it i could never the eyes eyes freak me out i feel like the thought of like oh my god i can't i'm getting squeamish (laughs) i'm holding my eyes for safety (laughs) but i just yeah that one i definitely would be like just hopefully it's fast please 
make it fast, John. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I don't want to do it. No, I feel like um ugh, I can't do that either. I'm just gonna take and scoop your eyes out real quick. Or... Oh my god. <laughs> Check my, your eyes with something. My whole quick. body is cringing. <laughs> um we're gonna go watch that the new one, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, because we, we have to go see the new film. My question for you is if someone was on the electric chair about to be executed, would you save them from having a heart attack? Say they're already hooked up to the chair okay. and they have a heart attack while they're in the chair. Would you save them from the heart attack and then execute them? No, my God, we're done for me. He's dead. Cool. I have a different outlook on this. Why? Because he's there for a reason. Exactly. I'm going to save your ass from that, from from an easy out Ooh. and fucking make you suffer. No, that's good, <laughs> Queen, because they're going to fucking suffer because they're there for a reason. Um, I did propose this question to Robert Rick because I wanted to see if it was a good question. And he wanted to know how painful the electric chair is because he thought it was just they shock your nerves and then. So that you don't like feel no, what comes next. I'm pretty sure it's painful. Oh yeah, they connect it to your head and your legs, and then they. Oh you know? my god! Yeah. So I was all. I, he said that he's gonna wait until he watches the episode or listens to the episode. So there you go. There's your answer, Rob. It hurts, it hurts like a motherfucker. So yes, for we are saving the bitch from the goddamn heart attack mm-hmm. and making them suffer through the electric. We're bringing you back to take you out one more time, my guy. Yeah. I wanted to address something else before we move on to our topic. Okay. I know this is only our second episode. Yes. But we are looking for sponsors. Oh, yes. Always. Um, so any of our listeners who have any kind of brands or companies that they like to use or would think that we would work well with, um, you can go ahead and email us about it mm-hmm. and or tag us in their posts yeah let them know that we are looking for sponsors yeah definitely but what's your topic today because i i know that you have a missing person story yes, I but we don't yeah. know each other's topics we no, decided we that don't. we're not going to tell each other anymore. i know and i'm excited i can't tell each other anymore because i feel like it did i got too excited to like tell you about my story the first time yeah. so like Especially since you like knew what it was gonna be about. But my story this week is going to be on the Yuba County Five. Oh really? Yes. Okay. It's such a fascinating story because it like starts off as like, you know, it's a really tragic missing persons, but then like as the case unraveled, it's like a lot of questions. It's like what the fuck is going you know what I mean? Like Yeah. I don't know. It's just a lot. And so I'm excited to tell you about it and our listeners about it and it just it kept me like reeling the entire time. Yeah. You know, I was just like real like like tunnel visioned into it as I was researching it. But I'm excited. The Yuma County Five. My I'm excited. What's yours? I really like missing persons cases because I really like to dive in and be like, oh what if this happened? Well, let's try and investigate this. My my toxic trait is thinking that like I'm the one person that can solve all these cases. Uh-huh. So it was why I just get the information in my hands. I can be like, Oh, who's this guy? Oh yeah, I know exactly where they went. Um, yeah, no, not possible. I was reading this case and I was like, <laughs> I would be fired from the police academy, like, immediately. Um, my topic is called the Sneddecker House. Clean, what the fuck is that? It's a paranormal, uh, I've activity never heard of that. thing. 
you might hear you might recognize some names that i do say though so yeah we'll see we'll see i'm excited okay do you want to go to first or would you like me to go first i guess i can go first okay sweet i'm a little nervy though so i'd be it's okay i'm sorry guys i'm gonna preface this now i think i'm getting sick if you hear some sniffles i'm sorry it's that starting to get cold outside too. That's well, nice. I think from being at my sister's like games and stuff like that. Oh, sitting out in the like, cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm just getting a sinus. Yeah, sitting on the bleachers in the cold definitely is yeah. not good for my health. But let's go ahead and I guess just dive into it. Yeah, just dive into the story. So mm-hmm. my story is Yuba County Five, or also known as the American Diatlov Pass. The Diatlov Pass. It was an an event that happened so nine soviet hikers had died in the northern ural mountains in 1959 but there was like a lot of like mysteries surrounding their deaths and the way that their bodies were found like it made no sense like i don't remember a lot of it of that story you know my i would love to cover it you know eventually but it, all i don't know is that it was a very mysterious case mm-hmm. just like the one i'm going to cover today the yuba county five oh, that happened like i think 20 years yeah like 20 years after that got look past that happened. So my story begins on February 24th, 1978, when five boys decide to get into their car and drive an hour from Yuba City or like the Marysville, California area mm-hmm. to Chico, California. Okay. And they are driving the hour to go um, to Chico State to watch a basketball game. So they leave their house, drive the hour, and unfortunately they would never return home from that game. Okay. Um, the next morning on February 25th, it's a Saturday. So the five boys were Ed Weir, who was 32. We have Jack Madruga, who was 30. Bill Sterling, 29. We have Gary Matthews, 25. Jack Hewitt, 24. Okay. All five boys. I'm referring to them as the boys because even though they're grown men, obviously by their ages, they were referred to by their family and the community like in a loving way as the boys. Okay. It's like, you know, their little yeah. group was the boys. So the Saturday, the 25th, Ted Wire's mom had randomly woke up at 5 a.m. and she felt like something was wrong, like something felt off to her. So mm-hmm. she went to go check Ted's room and the bed was empty. So she was like, what? where's my son? What yeah. The fuck? Ted Wire's mom had called Bill's mom. And Bill's mom had informed her, like, yeah, I've been up since 2 a.m. waiting for Bill, and he's never come home. And then she also said that she had already called Jack Madruga's mom as well. And then yeah. she also told her, yeah, he hasn't come home either. So right now, all three boys have not returned home. Yeah. At that point, that's when um, Ted's mom, she calls Jackie's mom, one of, the, one of the other boys, while his sister-in-law, while Ted's sister-in-law, goes down the street to talk to Gary Mathias's stepfather. Uh-huh. So while Ted's mom is calling Jackie's mom and Ted's sister-in-law is talking to Gary Mathias, um, after these conversations are had, it is revealed that all five boys have not returned home from the game from last night. That's so scary. It's so I, I can't, can't imagine, imagine, like, having my kid, like, go missing. Waking like up and, like, your kid's not in their fucking bed. Like, I mean, yeah, he didn't come home, but, like, I just couldn't imagine. Like, you'd fucking be in their bed and yeah. they're not there. And, like, I just couldn't imagine that, like, heart-dropping feeling of seeing an empty bed like oh my, my like stomach hurts thinking about it yeah no for real i hate that so i guess ted's mom had tried to or she had called the police earlier in the day um and tried to report her son missing but you know since they're all technically adults in the eyes of the law they had to wait 24 hours to missing a person's report 
which I don't, I mean, I understand, but also it's kind of like, regardless of their age, there are missing persons, yeah. you know what I mean? So they should be, we should be able to make a report in the very least. If, if you don't want to investigate for the next 24 hours, whatever, but like, I would like it to be known that they're missing as of currently. You yeah, know? and you know damn well that like, even if they were like minors or anything like that, they'd be like, oh, is there any way that they could be runaways? Exactly, blah, blah, blah. and then it's a like, whole 24-hour thing again. Like, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. I think, I don't know, that whole thing is just bullshit to me. But so Ted's mom calls, gets told the bullshit story, wait 24 hours, blah, 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 blah. So um, I guess later that evening at 8 p.m., that's when Jackie Madruga's mom calls the police, and that's when the police take it seriously, because I guess now since both, or since two boys from the group's parents have called reporting them missing, they now have to take it seriously, I guess. So they, at least at this point, the search has began and they started to do their job. Okay, yeah. Okay, so more about the boys. Jack or Jackie. So he, all of the boys are quote-unquote uh, slow learners or they have like intellectual disabilities okay. as like it's referred to in like a lot of the papers and whatever. Uh-huh. So Jackie or Jack was one of the boys who was quote-unquote intellectual disability. Um, he had an IQ actually of 40 and the average IQ for a person is 100. So, oh, okay. you know, yes. Um, so even though they were all really close friends, mm-hmm. they had a little bit of, like, little minier groups within the group. So, like, Jack, um, sorry, I'm, I'm going to call Jack Jackie, and then I'm going to call Jack Madruga Jack. So Jackie was closest with Ted. Actually, they were, like, really good friends to the point where Jackie was referred to as Ted's loving shadow. Mm-hmm. Like, he would just follow him around like a little puppy dog and just, like, be, like, he was just his best friend, you know? I guess Ted would even, like, sometimes dial the phone for Jackie if he had to make a phone call so he could, like, help him out. You know, he would just, like, Aww. it was kind of just, like, a like a big brother type of yeah. relationship. So they were just, like, really close guys. And it just makes me sad when you, like, hear more about them yeah. and, like, their personalities. And you're just, like, they're just gone. That's just crazy. gone. So Gary Matthews was actually one of the boys or one of the only boys that wasn't, quote, unquote, slow learning. Yeah. Um, he was actually stationed in germany in the early 70s when he was in the army and while stationed though or just during his service he had developed a drug addiction unfortunately and um he had dealt with growing up uh like paranoid delusions okay um so that schizophrenia delusion yeah so like that paired with you know the drugs and the military because you know it's yeah that's a shitty combo at that time especially they weren't being treated as if they are now but being treated with you know very well but all that and so all of those factors add up and he is psychiatrically discharged from the army um because he is essentially diagnosed with schizophrenia okay so he is he is discharged um after he's discharged he does get a couple of assault charges one of the assault charges was for like getting in a fight or like punching um a a guard or something okay another one was um it was kind of like like, the, the charges were essentially, um, like, dismissed, you know what I mean, uh-huh. for the other one. And it, it, involved, it involves a, a minor, so I just, I don't feel like talking on that. Yeah, assault. that's not okay. Um, anyway, so he has those two assault charges, and he, at this time, is diagnosed with schizophrenia, is charged with two assaults. He, as far as I'm aware, not on medication, so he just kind of going through the motions as best as I guess he can yeah, as much as he can you know dealing with his also his paranoia and whatever else is being thrown at him from his mental illness he is sent to a local veterans administration hospital in Yuba City 
And so he's sent there for treatment and he received the treatment that he needs, you know, and um, I guess it was said that up until like two years, like the two years previous to his, to his disappearance, he was actually doing really well. Like he was going to his stepfather's store to help him out every day. He was taking his medication. He didn't have any like delusions. He didn't have any violent outbursts like he did when he was younger. He didn't have any like rage. Like he was just a productive person of society you know he yeah. just whatever so that was gary and we're gonna go on to go ahead and talk about bill sterling so he was also had quote-unquote intellectual disabilities but he was all the boys were really sweet guys but bill so he would go to like mental hospitals to, to like try to just talk to like the patients there and he would read them religious texts try to like help them and like pray for them and okay. like try to spread what he knew to him as like love and mm-hmm. happiness you know because like him he really enjoyed his religion so he wanted to spread that to the people who were hurting you know so bill would go do that at the mental hospitals in the area um jack madruga he was also an army vet just like uh, gary Matthias was jack actually served in vietnam in 68 which is crazy like yeah, that's that's a that's a hard hard thing to go through. and it puts it in like perspective like a timeline and everything you know yeah. you just think of like I don't know. For me, I feel like Vietnam was like 100 years ago. It yeah. wasn't, but you know what I mean? It's just like, Bob, that's so, like, you know, it's just crazy, but it, it wasn't. So he served in 68. He wasn't form- formally diagnosed, but he was, you know, his family said that he was, you know, slow at learning. It took him time to kind of pick things up. He was just kind of, um, I guess, too trusting. You know what I mean? He yeah. was just kind of like one of those, he's kind of like childlike. You know what I mean? Okay. That childlike innocence within him, you know? Yeah. He, was very sweet, very kind. He also had, so only two of the boys out of the group could actually have their license. That was Gary Matthias and Jack Madruga. Okay. But only I could actually have their license were, um, cause the other boys had issues with like, they couldn't understand why you had to stop at a stop sign other than for pedestrian safety. You know what I mean? They needed more context. Yeah. So they couldn't, they couldn't have a license because they couldn't understand simple rules of the road like that. You know what I mean? I can't imagine like having a brain that like over overly like analyzes. I mean, it must be exhausting. I I, I, I overanalyze things, but like to overanalyze like, like that simple things like mm-hmm. that. That's that's crazy. It could be like you just like they were just very um like they yeah they were very like curious and wanted to know more about it and also they just didn't like understand like why do we have to because to them it's just like well there's no one there can i just go and it's like i under you know what i mean but like you have to stop yourself in case someone is walking because you don't always angle you know they they just couldn't um like pinpoint that reasoning you know okay so because of that most of the boys couldn't obtain their license but jack madruga and gary matthias could so Jack Madruga had a teal and white Mercury Montego, and I saw a picture of this car, and it's fucking beautiful. Like, you know for a fact he was rolling on those damn streets with fucking style. Like that, it was a beautiful That's car. Awesome. Like I love that for him. But he took a lot of pride in his car. He loved his car. Yeah. So he would let no one drive his car. I mean, if I had a car that nice, I too would be like, get the fuck away from my car. Like, <laughs> only my hands on the wheel because you're not touching my baby. Yeah, don't touch it. Don't uh-uh. scratch it. Don't touch it. Don't look at he it. He took a lot of pride in it. But that was the car that they were driving the night that, the night that they had went missing. Okay. And that brings us to the last boy, uh, Ed Wire. He, like the others, was super sweet. He was actually like, so sometimes, I guess... He would wave to strangers, you know, just to be nice and friendly. And if they didn't wave back, he would, like, he would get all, like, 
um, like his feelings would get hurt and he'd get kind of oh, sad. I know, that makes so sad to think of like him waving and people just being like, oh, and like walking away and him yeah. being like, oh, and like slowly putting his hand down. Like, oh, it, hurt. it literally hurt my feelings. I was like, oh, well, I, yeah, like if somebody was gonna smile at you, like, and wave to randomly, like, in, for me, if I'm having a bad day and I'm like walking around somewhere and somebody like smiles at me randomly, if you're a creepy dude, obviously it's gonna make me feel some type of way. Yeah. But like, if you're just somebody random and you realize that like I'm having a bad day and you're just gonna smile at me, it it makes me feel better. Yeah. Like into just somebody's like smiling and waving at you. And I know. Like, oh. I'm like, just wave with the poor guy. Shit, dude. Also, a fun fact that I wanted to share about Ted. Um, so, no, I'm okay. I just, okay, so this is my fun fact. So, Ted had once bought a hundred dollars worth of pencils, and that exchange rate or that currency today would be $775. I don't that's know, crazy. I don't know if that's how many pencils he had bought, but Ted, that, that's, that's crazy. I'm a stationary girly. I love pens and pencils and highlighters oh, no and markers and stuff like that. I love yeah. all of that. So I, I get the obsession. But Ted, $775. Ted. Okay. Well, he you know really what? Needed I, to write a lot of when I just, you know what? I hope, I just love that he, he loved his pencils. You know, good for him. Yeah. He loved his pencils and loved the way that people. Okay. Well, good for them. So that was. Our five boys, unfortunately, went missing on the 24th. So the 24th came, 25th came, 26th, and then the 27th is when the car was discovered by a forest ranger. Okay, so the car was found. Yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. The car was found. Um, when is that? Like three days later? Uh-huh. Yeah. Two days later, actually. Two days later after they were reported missing. Two days after they reported, the car was found by a forest ranger. But... This is where it starts getting kind of weird. So the car was found uh, 50 miles off of their normal route, and it was found within the Plumas National Forest. Oh, what yeah. the hell? I have, I look, so I have a picture of the, their, um, their route. I'm going to put it on the Instagram. I'm going to show you also. Okay. But it's a very obvious deviation from the route. Like, it's mm-hmm. a very hard fucking left. So it's like, what caused them? to take such a hard deviation especially because when they went on this trip uh one of the boys had brought like four maps with him so he like was prepared on every aspect of every level to get lost or to find his way home you know what i mean yeah so it's weird that they were 50 miles off of their normal route i wonder if they like maybe heard of like an after party or something you know Mm -hmm. and was like oh let's try and go and then like either couldn't find it or did find it and then tried to find their way back home and then Uh um the so the boys are actually like something about the boys is that they're like very um like schedule oriented okay so they're gonna go to their so they had plans to go to the game go straight home and because they had their own basketball game the saturday the next Uh day so they were very excited for that game. So they wouldn't have just like, oh, we're going to go to a party real quick. Because they knew they had to get up early for their game the next day. And even some of the boys had told their parents, hey, like, make sure I wake up in the morning for my game. I don't want to be late. 
So they were very excited for that game. You well, know what I mean? Okay, so now it just makes me feel like the car was staged. Like it feels yeah. weird, you know what I mean? Because they had all met at that uh, vocational center, you know, the rehab center, yeah. um, where they all play basketball together. So what they bonded over was their basketball. So they were very excited for this game on Saturday. So it just makes no sense for them to be like, oh, I'm going to go take a quick detour and, like, essentially maybe end up missing their game because of it, yeah. you know? So the car was found. Actually, it was on the side of the road, like, in a snowbank. But it wasn't, like, in a ditch or wasn't, like, wrecked. It was just pulled off the side on a snowbank. And it was very clearly kind of, like, a little bit stuck. Like, the tire couldn't catch traction. But there were five grown men in that car. They could have easily pushed that car out of the snowbank and got the traction again. Especially because when the cops found the car, they did a um, a quick jump of the car because they had no keys, obviously. Uh And it started... It started just fine, like immediately. The car was fine. And it had still a quarter tank of gas left in the car. And within the car, like I said, there were no keys, but there were um, snacks in the car because after the game, they had stopped by a convenience store real quick to get some snacks for Uh the way home. So those snacks from that store stop earlier after the game were in the car, like eaten or like nibbled on. And um, those four maps were in the glove box still. Oh, that's crazy. So we know that they made it to the game. Yes. And that they went to the, the store afterwards to yes. get snacks. What the hell? Yes. Okay. And so that's, as far, that's as far as we know. Like, the last um, visual that we have, like, the last, like, guaranteed visual that we have on them was yeah. leaving that convenience store at, I believe, 11 o'clock on um, the 24th on that Friday's night after the game. 11 o'clock p.m. Okay. So that's the last visual we have on them for certain. And so uh, this car is found with those snacks, the maps, no keys, gas, works. It's fine. As they find this car, they start searching the area, obviously, you know. But unfortunately, a storm does kind of start rolling in. It's actually a really big storm that rolls in. Mm-hmm. And so they have to stop the search efforts. They have to kind of pause it. And they have to retreat back to the station to figure out what they can do from there, you know. yeah. Since the, the storm kind of halted the search efforts, they had really nothing else to go off of except for some random guy, I guess, like a day or two later had called into the station claiming to have seen the boys that the night that they had went missing. So this guy's name is Joe. Fucking Joe. <laughs> so, it's always Joe. Come on, Joe. So Joe's story is that the night of the 24th, um, he was heading up that same route that the boy's car was found on. He was heading up that route because he had a cabin. Oh my god, a cabin. He had a cabin up there that he was gonna go check to make sure everything was all great and dandy for when he brought his wife and daughter up the next day. Okay. So he went up to go check the cabin, his little Volkswagen bug, uh-huh. and it got stuck in the snow. Cause you know, Joe. Yeah. No snow chains. Come on, Joe. Yeah, especially in a Volkswagen bug. Like, what the fuck? So, Joe gets stuck. Joe gets out of the car. Joe tries a push car. I Uh, don't know. Yeah. Joe now has a heart attack. It's not funny. It's not funny. seriously? Joe has a... Oh, my God. It's not funny. I thought you were joking. (laughs) I'm fucking dead. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm so sorry. Just to preface, Joe was fine. He's had... He had... He suffered a mild heart attack. So Joe was fine. He had the wherewithal, and then he was still conscious enough to get back in his car from having the heart attack, shut the car engine back up, turn the heater on, and, like, wait for help, you know? Okay, yeah. So he was in his car waiting for help, you know, trying to stay warm. Poor little Joe. He's in the car. He says that he sees headlights 
um, from like behind him. So he like looks over his like seats and he sees out like in the headlight beams, he sees five people. And then what he says is a woman holding a baby. And he says he calls for help. But when he calls for help, the, um, the headlights turn off and the people disappear. And so I guess he accepts that and he lays back down and is like, well, that was kind of weird. Like, yeah, that sucked. So Joe's Where the like, did the woman and the baby come from? I have no idea. Do the guys that, have one of the, like, a is, secret baby model or something? That is the one thing of this case that's never been answered. Because it's like, all we really have is like, Joe's kind of sighting and someone else's sighting, but that was this, that was already this, oh my greatness. So we have Joe's sighting and somebody else's sighting that was already debunked. So I'm not really going to talk about her sighting. Okay. But Joe sighting is what kind of like I guess gave the police a little bit more to focus on. Uh-huh. So he sees this car, these headlights, he sees these people, this woman holding her infant child in the fucking snow. Yeah. Holding her child in the snow. Calls for help. Everyone says, turns the headlights off. People leave. And he's like, well fuck, now I'm alone again. So Joe's laying there. And then I guess he now sees, or a little bit later, he hears a whistle and he sees like flashlights kind of like searching or panning. So he like calls for help again. He sees, okay, obvious people. But when he calls for help, the flashlights turn off and he hears like, like, like stop. You know what I mean? Like someone's like saying like, you know? So yeah, your face, that's my face. (laughs) Yeah, no, because it makes me feel like either the boys stopped to help somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. And they ended up like attacking them, okay, or something, or that, like, because you said that flashlights started to come, so, yeah. Because it wouldn't make sense for the guys to come to ignore somebody else like screaming for help mm-hmm. unless they purposely turned off all the lights and like stuff like that to get quiet. I don't know why that's unless people the screaming like, scared them, like, like unless like the call for help frighten them somehow like they didn't think that it was going to be like someone out there yeah yeah well because i don't know it's weird but when Mm -hmm. i get into like places with my car and it's like dark or something like that and i don't know where i'm actually going i turn down the radio me too so i can see better yeah like it's weird but like maybe they turned off the lights so that they could hear better or like that kind of thing and when they finally got their like flashlights out to go see and then he screamed out for help again. They did it again. And maybe, maybe he's like, didn't yeah. call enough for help. Either so, that or the boys were abducted by like a group of people or something. So much mystery. <laughs> what is yeah. so fucking frustrating? So uh, Joe sees these lights. Lights turn off. Oh, what is also important to mention, though, is that Joe did suffer that mild heart attack. And yeah. he has been in the snow or in the freezing cold or out in the dark for however many knows hours. Yeah. Maybe he's not 100% on every detail. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it can be, I know, like, me personally, even if I'm not suffering a heart attack, if I'm just out in the world, like, at night, I can get my details confused. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's yeah, a for dark sure. time. It's night. And if you're in the snow, this wind is blowing around, there's snow, go- you know, you totally hard to tell shadows. Or your fingers. brain's definitely going to piece things together and like, Always. Yeah, and yeah. Your, your brain is your biggest enemy sometimes. It uh-huh. can really make you see some really fucked up things or like perceive some things that yeah. aren't even there. So we don't know exactly what he saw, but this, um, what's it called? This gave, you know, like I said earlier, cops a little bit more to work off of. So after this happens, um, the sun starts to come up 
and Joe decides to get out of his car because he feels like okay, I'm, I'm enough. I feel well enough to get out and walk back yeah. to find help. So he gets out of his car and walks back down, try to find help. And as he's walking back down, he says that he passes the white and turquoise Mercury Montego um, in the same spot that he had saw those headlights earlier on his way down. Okay. And that's why he called the police to say, I saw that car in this spot. And I think I saw those boys the night they went missing with a woman holding a baby. The baby and the woman are very confusing. I don't yeah. know where they came from. It could have been just like, maybe he was seeing things. Maybe maybe he saw the boys. But maybe he didn't see the woman and the baby. You know what I mean? Or maybe he did see a woman, but she didn't have a baby. Yeah. You never, maybe she was holding just the back. You, know, yeah. you, know, you never know. Because he didn't, it was never specified to be heard like baby crying or why he knew or why he thought it was a baby yeah but it could have been just like she was holding a bag or she was holding something and it could have been perceived as a baby you know what I mean? yeah but that is what gave like that's why the the cops their ears perked up because they were like oh so you like you know you saw the car so we have joe's story and as the unfortunately though as the weeks and months pass on um not a lot more comes from anything and it's really hard to kind of do any search because you know it's during this time it's winter it's snowing snow the the blizzards whatever kind of starting to roll in a little bit but um june 4th as you know the snow has melted away and the roads are usable again and people can start doing life again um these motorcyclists were driving in the plumas forest national area okay and they were on the, on the road they were driving up there and they passed this uh trailer it looked to have been broken into and i don't know i, don't know, I guess they just kind of like decided to stop and like check it out so when they went to go look into the trailer they opened it and they were hit with a horrendous smell ew yeah oh no yes queen so they walked in and laying there on the bed was ted weird oh my god um so ted was laying there um and he was wrapped in nine sheets <gasps> um i saw a couple different sources say that he was wrapped like mummy style or he was also just like kind of like tucked into bed like he was going to sleep i don't know which one it was i really didn't want to like look for like pictures or anything yeah so um i'm just going up just gonna you know put both out there but he was found wrapped for sure in nine sheets either in mummy style or he was in like going mimi style so here's the thing if okay. it was mummy style mm -hmm. then we know damn well then it was foul play and somebody was getting ready ready to bury him let me if he was wrapped as if he was gonna go to like bed and like tucked in uh -huh. then that could have been like an action of passion okay because maybe passion. he was like um, I'm sorry. Very good. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Um, but like it could have been an act of compassion where, like, one of his friends or mm -hmm. so and so thought that knew that he would end up eventually smelling, and they wanted to go find help mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So they covered him, but uh -huh. not like wrap him up like I we're gonna you. bury you. You know? Yeah. All same theories i kind of went down yeah um as i read more about it though it kind of let me just tell you a little bit more about it okay okay so he was found wrapped in nine sheets um when he was taken for an autopsy he had five toes missing from frostbite 
Um, and he was severely um, emaciated, so he had he was very like a, like skin and bones. He was sunken, oh, okay. like uh-huh. he was like he was around like two hundred pounds, I guess. When he went before when he went missing, and he looked to be around like ninety to one hundred pounds. Oh shit! And what also is really weird about this is on top of him looking like he lost so much weight, you know, which is weird. He um had so when he left, he had no facial hair. When they found him, he had a, a little beard, and it was determined to that he had actually been alive eight to thirteen weeks after his disappearance. So he had just recently passed when they found him. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. So when they were searching, like all those other days, like before the storm really hit, he was alive. You know, and it makes me yeah. that breaks breaks my heart. Anyways, so that's a lot of more weirdness that's coming in you know like he's he was alive for eight to 13 weeks he had facial hair he had lost so much weight and within the trailer itself there were the only real items belonging to the boys were a pair of shoes and those were gary matthews shoes he's were... walking around with no shoes um well ted's shoes were gone so it's oh it's thought okay. that because ted i guess was i guess that night ted was wearing boots and Gary was wearing sneakers, uh-huh. and if they're in the snow, and say Ted's unable to use his boots, yeah. maybe Gary was like, I'm going to use your boots, go get help, you know? Yeah, makes or sense. Or something. Yeah. So, the trailer, it said it was 19 miles from the car, but I guess that distance was, like, recalculated or, like, re- re-measured, uh-huh. because it, I guess some author had wrote a really intensive book. I don't know what that book is called. I am so sorry. I didn't really, like, look more into that. That's okay. He wrote this really intensive book on this case, and he had uh, inquired, like, a lot of help for it. So he had someone be able to actually go do remeasurements and, like, actually get, like, a pinpoint precision on the distance Mm -hmm. of the car and the trailer. And it was found to be actually more around 11 miles. And his assumption is maybe the 19 miles came from, like, a tabloid you know misprint and they all just kind of ran with it yeah because that back in what is it 78 that happened you yeah. know like when i was reading yes. articles through about this i read an article by the washington post and that was made in like 78 79 and there were so many like grammatical errors it was ridiculous like no one fucking prepped like proofread this shit before they sent it out so they obviously well, just typing and sending shit out is that the time where they were t- started typing the newspaper or is that the time where they were still using like the the like no they were typing oh okay it was on like i think i mean it may have been like honestly i am so bad at like human history i don't i'm really hard me too well that's why i'm that's why i'm like i don't know if that's like during the time where like everybody was starting to type up like newspaper articles or if some places were still using like the newspaper printing where you like physically pick out the letters and then numbers and stuff like that and put it in there i think they were using um uh, a typewriter okay okay. i I, trying to pinpoint like like uh like our the modernization of humanity is so hard for me because i'm like we could have been using the quill yesterday about (laughs) a year ago fucking know when the quill was used or not used i just know that i use a pencil right now yeah like i don't fucking know so i think if they were using a typewriter that seems more like of the time period for me at least a typewriter you know what i mean 68 78 sorry 1978 yes oh they probably they definitely have had computers in right i don't know i'm curious right now I don't know. We're gonna totally get roasted. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> we don't know um, anything. 
So, where the fuck was I? You were talking about his, the shoes, um, him being found in the trailer wrapped up, mummifying. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The 19 miles. It came from that. So, within the trailer itself, as well as Ted Weir's body, there was um, propane tanks, like wood and stuff for fires. And, like, there were two cabinets that were locked, but one was left locked, one was left, one was open. And um, there were some cans of food from, like, the, what is it called? The little, like, stash, you know what I mean? The pantry? Yeah. There were some stashes of, or there was some cans of food from the pantry that were eaten. The cans were opened using a military grade can opener because it was left there and it was shown, you know, and like one of those can openers that are like straight have that little curve at the end. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. I have no idea how the fuck to use those. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, so confused. I just stab. I just stab the fucking thing. Hopefully I know. I think you have to like lay it on the side and kind of like lift up and it creates like a triangular like like hole. I have no idea. But I've never used, I've never been able to figure it out. Me either. But um, two of the boys would have known how to use it. And that was the two that were in the army. That yep. was um, Jack Madruga and Gary Matthews. And as we know, Gary's shoes were in the trailer. So we know for 100% that Gary was in the trailer with Ted. Okay. Ted. Yeah. So of the food that's been eaten, it was around 36 total rations were eaten and i'm not sure like how that was like dispensed between the boys or whatever yeah but it is important i think i forgot to mention i apologize that ted weir died or his cause of death was um either starvation or hypothermia because of his decomposition because of his decomposition it was hard to pinpoint exactly but there was no evidence no evidence of foul play like he wasn't like asphyxiated he okay, wasn't well, stabbed he wasn't choked he was either starved or he died of a cold which is very weird to be in he died of either of those when he was in a cabin full of stuff to create a fire and stuff to eat you know yeah so yeah. unless maybe my also my other theory was more like what i was thinking was maybe he was unable to like get out of that bed to help himself and he was relying on gary and maybe Gary went to go get help when Ted was still alive and he thought that he thought that he'd be back in time. But maybe Gary met his demise out in the wilderness or something else happened to Gary. Oh, that's a really you know good I mean? point because he lost his toes yeah, to he hypothermia. Had, he five toes. That's one whole foot, bitch. Yeah. One whole so foot. like you're not able to walk in order to like uh-uh. go places. So it would make sense that Gary took his boots to go find help. Mm-hmm. And then in doing so, did they find the the army grade can opener yeah. in the trailer? Yeah, it was it was left with all the cans. Okay, it was just there. It was like next to all of them. See, well, that's. I mean, I'm sure in that situation you weren't in your right mind to be thinking rationally, anyways. Mm-hmm. But it'd be, I think it's kind of dumb in a way not to like teach each other how to use it. Like and only have like the two kind of two people that know how to mm-hmm. use it. We have to also think that um, you know, most of the boys were quote unquote slow learners. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they just couldn't like oh, understand. Yeah, and or understand maybe it. even Gary yeah. just figured, you know, I'm the quote unquote de facto leader because he was the only one that was um not intellectually um 
disabled you know what i mean oh yeah so yeah, maybe yeah. he just thought i'll just take care of my friend yeah and i'll just because he's in bed hurting and he also um ted's body his legs had like gangrene and like oh. yeah like he was um so we don't know how he most definitely probably got that from like you know yeah um the infections and having to walk through the snow or like you know the cold or whatever else happened you know but he was very it was very clear that he couldn't take care of himself or get out of that bed. yeah if he was alive yeah all of that was untouched and unused, which which was really weird for the way that he died, you know. And another thing that was kind of brought up was if Matthias was, you know, Gary was in that trailer with him, why did Gary not use the fire to keep him warm? Because it uh, in the in the trailer there was like a little like fireplace, like little a little like stove, you know, thing, yeah. the little chimney pipe that goes outside. So why would you not use that to keep your friend warm? Unless it was for a reason, you know? Like, it's just... Like, they were we'll get possibly there. hiding? Mm, perhaps. For hoodles, queen. For hoodles. So <laughs> that was what was... That was a major question. That was kind of All this was unused, and we're pretty certain that Gary was here with him. Why didn't Gary start a fire to keep him warm? Or, you know, stuff like that. But yeah. as we said, um, I think Gary was just trying to help his friend go out and get help. I don't think he intended for him so to like yeah die of privation or of hypothermia because he didn't yeah. use nine blankets or nine sheets to put on him you know what i mean so that was i don't know like it's it's like something you know like yeah you're so trying something. he was either he either put those on him before he left or came back and saw what happened got scared and ended up leaving mm-hmm. and like covered him maybe but i think it's more so the fact that he put the covers on him mm-hmm. before he left and then probably met his demise somewhere else. Yeah. So um, the next day, you know, after they had found Ted Wire's body, so that's, that was on June 4th, uh-huh. the next day, which would be June 5th, about halfway between the car and the trailer, that is where the remains of Jack Madruga and Bill Sterling were found. Um, the remains were ravaged by animals. And they were <clears throat> scattered. That breaks my heart. But they were just kind of laying about. That's awful. Yeah, that that just makes me so fucking sad. Um, the remains were scattered, and at this point, so we have three boys that have been found, and one of the other boys, Jackie. So Jackie Hoyt's father at this point decides to help within the search efforts, uh-huh. um, because he wants to find his fucking son. Understandable. Well, yeah, of course. The police strongly advise against this though, because at this point they're not searching or they're not they're not doing um a search and rescue. They're looking for remains. Yeah. So they're like, we don't, you know, Jackie's dad's like, no, I want to help. I'm gonna find my son. So yeah. like, okay, we can't stop you. So during the search efforts, they're looking and they're searching, and in the distance, Jackie's dad sees Jackie's clothing, his jacket and his pants. So he's like, his clothing. He runs over. Picks up his son's jacket to show, you know, his clothing. Picks it up, and Jackie's spine falls off of the jacket. I couldn't, as a parent, seeing. Oh my god! Knowing that's your child's spine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to shrivel up and die right now. That's horrible. I yeah. And then his skull was found like a hundred. A hundred, son of a bitch. His skull was found a hundred yards 
um, away from where the clothing is. That's horrible. Yeah. So now at this point, we have four out of the five boys. Oh, no. But unfortunately, the fifth boy, Gary Matthews, would never be found. And to this day, in 2023, we have no idea where he is. We have no leads on where he is. We don't know what happened to the other four boys. And it's been a mystery ever since. It's been one of the, I feel like, one of the gut-wrenching mysteries, at least, that I've read yeah. so far. Because it's just, wow. There are a lot of theories that surrounded, you know, with this being such a big mystery. Of course, people are going to have their own theories, their own comments, their own opinions. People are people. Yeah. So the theories that kind of came out of all of this, which is one that I kind of touched on earlier, perhaps they're being chased, you know? Yeah. Perhaps it was, I heard some other podcasts talk about it, um, but they talked about it, about maybe it was a road rage incident because they had to take the highway, you know, the whole way. I know personally, you know, when I'm on the highway, when I'm, kind of just, or when I'm just driving in general at night, and yeah. you're, you're trying to pass someone, you have to get close to the person to pass them. And sometimes that pisses off the driver. So once you pass them, they'll get on your ass, turn the high beams on and follow you. Which, per- that makes me nervous as fuck. So I would also, I would pick up my speed and I would try to get away from them as fast as I could. Oh yeah, for sure. So we don't know if this maybe had happened to them. Maybe they were trying to pass someone. Or maybe they were just driving. Someone was having a bad day and took it out on these boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's what made them take that initial hard left off the highway into the Plumas Lake area in the first place. Maybe they were being chased by a person. Maybe they got driven off the main road into this other road. And I they- had one of those incidents. I know, Queen. Exactly. Bitches. People fucking really. It's like you would really risk fucking us both getting an accident, other than just fucking being like, "Oh, that bitch," and just taking it as it is. Yeah. Like, for just real. take it as it is. Someone pass you. Okay, live with it. Like, keep driving. Don't fucking cause an accident. Kill someone and kill yourself. Like, or follow them on their way and home and make them scared. Yeah. Like, I don't. People are just people are fucking people, and I hate any losers. So. The theory that they were being, you know, possibly chased, um, it maybe had made them take that wrong turn in the first place. And yeah. once they're on that turn, I'm not sure if one of the four maps care- covered this area because they really weren't expecting to go this way anyways. Maybe they just went this way, had no map coverage on, because there was no map quest, no fucking GPS. Yeah. Did they have any damn Siri? Well, even if they went that way, with it being a storm or whatnot, they possibly couldn't see Confused. what street that they were on or like maps are confusing as fuck bitch. well not only that but like driving in the dark mm-hmm. is way different like and i've told snow. you this before like i've come to your house at nighttime and your light wasn't on outside and i wasn't able to pinpoint what house was yours even though i had your location yeah like i still it's was hard. unable to and i'm like i'm a blind bitch i wear glasses so <laughs> it's like i got four eyes i feel like i'm gonna see you at night yes for real and even like places that i know like the back of my hand um like even driving at nighttime there is really hard for me too like i i can't pinpoint anything so it's understandable for them to like get lost or Mm -hmm. like try and figure out where they are by getting out of the car when it becomes daylight exactly kind of thing and also with it have being uh such a, a snowy day or like you know a snowy area uh-huh. the light reflecting off the snow that's yeah. gonna hurt your eyes that's gonna be bright or it's at least gonna oh my ankle oh my ankle Ugh, my ankle is at a weird angle sorry everybody or it's just gonna um 
it's gonna distract your it's gonna what is the word disable your view you know what i mean you're, yeah. not, you're not gonna be able to see very well so um this could have been you know what had made them go off the road a theory that i kind of thought of might be a little in the supernatural wing of okay. things okay perhaps it was a flesh roamer you know what i mean i'm not saying the freaking name yeah i'll or... spell it i'm gonna spell it for people so i'm not gonna fucking say oh, it and okay okay s-k-i-n-w-a-l-k-e-r i was gonna say it i didn't want to say call to my house what advice everyone listening don't say the name call them flesh roamers literally say it all the time i know you fucking do i'm like over here saging my house every time you fucking do (laughs) okay so my theory was maybe it was a flesh roamer maybe something i don't know if they it's just kind of i don't know what caused them to go on that you know that dark road in the forest in the first place yeah but maybe once they were there they encountered something supernatural uh-huh. like a flesh roamer and maybe that is why when joe earlier was yelling for hello or whistling the lights turned off and no one answered because flesh roamers are known to be mimics and mimic human voices and mimic help mi- mimic um calls of help yeah so perhaps they got there dealt with someone calling for help tried to help realized what the fuck was calling for help they got spooked maybe in the jumble of things they lost where their car was because it was snowing Uh a blizzard had begun maybe they were confused and they just kept walking they found the trailer i'm not sure or you know you know that's when the boys had died between the car and the trailer maybe from the car to the trailer they had dealt with the flesh roamer yeah Uh, maybe the boys are being picked off one by one by this flesh roamer and when the the call for help had came, they didn't want to answer because they didn't know what was calling for help. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was my theory. I mean, granted, there are some holes in it, but I think that with no other answers out there, this is, I mean, for me at least, because I believe in this type of stuff, it makes a little bit of sense to me. Or it could have been even a Wendigo. Because okay. in those areas, in the forest, especially national forests, there is so much creepy crawly cryptids out there in our national forest themselves. Yes, sir. That we don't know what the fuck is in, especially the Plumas National Forest when it's during a blizzard time. I don't know what that fuck that blizzard brought out, but sometimes birds fly south for the winter. What if uh, fucking cryptids fly north for the winter? I don't know, bitch. True. I. So you were talking about flesh roamers. Thank you, out. Queen. You're welcome. Um, there's actually a movie that stars Natalie Portman. I love her. Um, I can't remember what it's called. My cousin Brittany will have to remind me. Let us know, Brett. It's a, um, I think it's a pretty low budget movie, but it's a scary movie. And one of the scenes, there's three girls. Um, one of them is Natalie Portman's character. Mm-hmm. And this thing it walks in through the door and it has the shape of a bear what the fuck but when it like roars a human voice and voice of the person that it previously no ate. no yeah no yeah no yeah <sighs> and it basically it, it doesn't do anything to you unless you react 
and like on the avatar one of the girls reacted and it ate the shit out of her like it got in her face and was screaming i would have screamed so gross i would have freaked out too bitch Uh uh-uh but my theory is for the the boys going missing is that maybe they maybe they weren't getting chased mm-hmm. but maybe they possibly just ended up getting lost because okay. they were driving in the dark yes. it was stormy yes and so they turned down the wrong road something happened to their car coincidentally next to another one having issues too and because I feel like it would make sense to have something else happen in the same area that that car did because, like, it would mean that the that whole area of the, of the street was affected by the same thing that that specific spot was or whatnot, like mm-hmm. the ice or whatever. And the boys got out to investigate or whatever and ended up, like, trying to backtrack a little maybe to get help and then ended up not being able to find any place Mm -hmm. didn't take the maps with them got even more lost Mm -hmm. stumbled upon a trailer broke into it and were there for a little bit and maybe he died of gangrene Mm -hmm. and then they covered him decided to leave because they can't just stay there with a dead body Uh unfortunately people just you know up and leave and when they left they all ended up like passing away because you you said the three boys they were found with three or four there were five boys that day so yeah there were three found outside like toward going to the trailer okay so um were all three of them just bones yes okay so we don't know if they possibly also got frostbite, died of gangrene, and then That's the got theory. picked by animals, sadly. Yeah. And then Gary, since being in the military, we don't know what kind of special training he might have had. Mm-hmm. He either left and also had the same issue, and unfortunately his remains weren't able to be found because it was in a part where they couldn't reach the national forest you can't fucking find everything in there yeah so um which is really sad to just know that like or to think that he's out there yeah to think that like like they just got lost and that they just yeah that's the end of it and they just they just don't these had they just succumbed to the environment yeah that's what's you know um what was i gonna say no it's so sad oh another since you know a well-known theory since Gary has never been found. Yeah, is that they think that Gary did it? You know, because he he suffered his paranoid delusions. He had schizophrenia, um, and an assumption or a theory is that Gary was suffering from a delusion or an episode and led the boys off the wrong road or an accident because he was scared of something that wasn't there, or maybe once on this road he got spooked by something that made his mind start going and started seeing things and. As him being the quote unquote de facto leader, the yeah. boys would have followed him, took in his word, you know, as oath. So they would have done what he needed them to do. And perhaps he just took them what he thought was safety, but ended up taking them to their demise because it's out in the cold. Maybe he was trying to get away from something that wasn't there. And unfortunately, the boys suffered because of it. 
That's so sad. To think yeah, about, but like though. in that case, I don't feel like that's Gary's fault at all. He's dealing yeah, with a mental illness. Like, and people blame him like as if he's a murderer. It's like we don't know if he is. He he's also a victim until proven otherwise. You know, yeah, until we no, find sure. until we find his body or him alive, he's also a victim, and he, he suffered from schizophrenia. So if he did cause, you know, if he went on some kind of schizophrenia like fueled type of hallucination, that's out of his fucking control yeah. you know you can't help that so a lot of theories are surrounding this and unfortunately all too many theories and not enough answers so yeah. that's kind of what we're left with oh, that's so sad and that was about. the story of the yuba county five um yeah it was just a a lot to digest a lot to take in and it really broke my heart as i kept reading yeah, about no, the boys and like, how, and like just going missing are. like that's crazy and what happens to them it's like Oh, it's just really sad. And we will also, um, for this, for my story, I will post um, a picture of the boys on our socials. I will also post a picture of their route on our socials and a couple of uh, references as well, just okay. where I got those from. So people can look if they want to look at other things. Yeah. Um, other, I don't know. Because there are a couple of theories. And stuff. Yeah, there are a couple other theories out there that I don't really talk about. Or there are a couple of other... Um, like, like the other sighting, quote unquote, that was, it was debunked, you know, but if you're curious about it, you can go to look for it. I just didn't feel like talking about it because I felt like it wasn't important enough. It will, if yeah. it was debunked, I don't feel like bringing it up. You yeah, know? for sure. But what's your story, Queen? So my story is also about a sick boy. Okay. Um, but have you heard of Ed and Lorraine? <gasps> the Warrens? Okay. Yes. So, um, for those who don't know, Ed and Lorraine are a a couple who did, like, paranormal um, exorcisms, cleansings, stuff like that. Um, The good stuff. He was a priest and she was a medium. Oh, yeah, she was. Um, And the Conjuring movies are based off of... Which I didn't know this until I did my research on this specific really? case. No, no, no. I knew that part. But I didn't know that each Conjuring movie um, had to do with a different case. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that it was... It, I didn't know that it wasn't just one case that they were making movie about. It was each Conjuring movie was a different case. Um, also, for those who don't know Annabelle, the doll is real. Fuck and it's bitch. a... Raggedy Ann doll and is now enclosed in a glass box, um, which is really creepy to think about. It was a Raggedy Ann doll, yeah. Um, but yeah, so a specific family, their last name was called the Sneddeckers. Okay, um, their child was sick and they had a very long commute, um between the hospitals he was sick with hodgkin's lymphoma and it um what that is is it attacks your lymphatic system they eventually found this home that they could commute closer to um it has now been referred to as the sneddecker house um the address is 208 meridian avenue wait people live there still I don't know. We're not going to go. Dox them? We're, we're not going to go to this place, guys. I'm just telling you the address. You can look it up don't on Google. Like, there, you can look it up on Google and like look at the 
the house the house but we're also gonna i'll also be posting it on the instagram um but it's in southington connecticut can i get to the state huh can I get a creepy, a creepy fucking state? Yeah, every time I see the word Connecticut, I want to say connect, connect it cut, but connect it. Uh, <laughs> Education to <laughs> But so the family consisted of Alan, the father, Carmen, the mother, their um, children, Bradley, Philip, Alan Jr. And Carmen's niece, um, Jennifer, who lived with them. Okay. There was a film. There's actually a couple of them that were created. Um, and the first one is called The Haunting in Connecticut. And it was released in 2009. That's about them? Yeah. <gasps> that movie fucked me up as a kid. Yeah, no. So I actually have never watched it until <gasps> today while I was on my break. You watched it I made sure to watch it. I wasn't gonna come on to the podcast and be like, "Hey, I didn't watch the the movie like like last episode." (laughs) The one thing that I didn't watch though is that there is a documentary. Um, I can't remember when it was released. Um, it's not very well known because even when you Google it, it's really hard to find. Oh wow! Um, but it's called the the reinvestigation (gasps) of the um haunting in connecticut the sneddecker house the movie is really fucked up yeah so mm. like i really want to do more of these cases by ed and lorraine so if anybody <sighs> has like a specific like one that they want to hear about like i can all of them go david Dubs. i want to do like a full series all 300 and something Jeez, yeah i want to do a full series on their cases and creepypasta cases yes um so I didn't know anything about this case up until I researched it. Mm-hmm. And there isn't, like, a whole lot that, like, doesn't kind of repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Because Ed and Lorraine are no longer with us. We kind of just yeah. get the information from um, videos and stuff like that that they have already done. Yeah. So I'm kind of going to be reading off of an article that I found. Okay. So the story starts with Philip. He was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a type of cancer that affects the body's lymphatic system. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of his diagnosis, uh, they had to travel multiple times to the hospital for treatments and stuff like that. And again, it was too far for them to commute all the time. Yeah. So they ended up having to move closer. Um, Eventually, they felt like it would be better to move so that he wouldn't um, suffer from the long car rides because the treatment causes you to, like, vomit oh, and God. all different kinds of stuff. Being in the car, like, all that movement, that makes it so much worse, probably. Yeah. Also, their address is in this article, so I'm not the one who doxed them this article. They've already been doxed, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. So the search for the house... Um, the search began for a, a home large enough for this Ned Decker home because there's a lot of them. There's a total of six of them. Um, the three children, her niece, and then them two. Uh-huh. Um, so the five-bedroom, two-bathroom home provided plenty Perf. of place for them. Um, it was, They found this home on July 30th, 1986, um, is when they leased it and moved in. The move-in process was 
perfectly fine like it went really seamless and everything the children mm-hmm. picked their rooms um no arguments cool great that's like we the love perfect that. situation right real go do your shit so everything seemed normal until carmen made a disturbing discovery in the home's basement fuck that basement oh basements are shitty I hate basements with all of the dusty boxes and old furniture there was um like funerary items My heart yeah the family said that they found embalming equipment and no. materials necessary to run a mortuary no thank you i can never live in a mortuary I'm and if you watch the movie yes. a haunting in connecticut like the first 20 minutes is them moving in and um philip picks the room picks the basement as his bedroom and For some she dumb finds fucking reason. She finds pictures, and they flash these pictures within the first couple of seconds of the movie, and it's literally them staging all of the dead bodies, and one of them is literally, I think one of them was a twin, and he was like holding his twin while his dead twin was like had his head on his shoulder. Oh yeah, they used to do those dead photos back in the day. Yeah, that's fucking weird. That, I don't know why they did that. Like, I don't. I don't get that. Like, what is the human thought process to like? Let me take a picture of my dead relative as if they were alive. I have a sick. Why sense do we of, do that? Yeah, I have a sick sense of humor, and I'm super morbid. But I'm not mm-hmm. that morbid. I'm no, not. Gonna, I'm not gonna no. fucking prop up my dead parent and be like, "Here, take a picture real quick." Oh, yeah. that's ridiculous and that's creepy. So, according to the documentary that they did, Carmen had said that she had no idea the home had been a funeral parlor. She was not aware of this at all when she rented the place. Which, out. they should really disclose that type of shit, honestly. Yeah. Um, when she toured the home, she couldn't enter the basement because the renovators had blocked the doorway oh, with materials. I bet they did. Yeah. I bet they did. Conveniently. Um, she confirmed that the house was once a funeral home mm-hmm. by contacting somebody named Daryl Kern, which was the owner of the home. Okay. And he stated that the property was once the Halen, H-A-L-L-A-H-N funeral home and had been in operation for decades um but he claimed that he told the family about this before they moved in okay. which he says that they did not i'm, I'm gonna go with her I'm, yeah. I'm gone with her so what what did she have to what did she have to gain to lie about that yeah Nothing. so in 1992 um as per a piece in the hartford Courant, i believe that's like a newspaper or something like that mm-hmm the disturbing fact did not prevent Carmen's son, Philip, and Bradley from claiming the basement as their bedroom. So not only did Philip take the basement, but Bradley also. For why? There are five good ones upstairs. Go pick one of the other fucking four. I'm assuming because they were the oldest ones and they wanted, like... A space. Yeah. Well, it's... Well, yeah, you're right. It's a five-bedroom. There's six of them, obviously. I don't know. It's weird. Um, Maybe the little brother just like being with his older brother or something. Yeah. So it says the oldest Sned Decker children, Philip and Bradley, wanted a private space in the basement was spacious compared to the smaller rooms on the upper floors. Okay. Um, they both reportedly slept in the casket display room you're, down the hall from the embalming. I room. thought you were going to say they slept in the casket, like left down there. Honestly, and I was going to say, what the 
fuck Miranda? When I first read this um, article, I thought it was going to say that too. And I was like, oh no, this is, this is a hard <laughs> left into what the fuck territory. <laughs> so um, in addition to the mortuary equipment, the Sneddeckers found images of the deceased on the property. Carmen Sneddecker said there were a couple of photos in the home, but there were many toe tags and head tags. No. Um, there were other personal items of the deceased, which is fucking weird. Like, you would think that they would remove, like, exactly. all of the mortuary stuff and not just leave them there, including, like, the deceased people's items. Like, that seems like something their family should take home. I feel, and, and if no one's claimed it, I feel like after certain amount of time, you should, you should be discarding of it. Not yeah. keeping it, hoarding it like a fucking weirdo. Yeah, and honestly, me being a kid in that kind of room, I'd probably put the toe tag on myself to play a prank on my mom. Miranda. <laughs> You're like every parent's worst nightmare. Oh, for real. Um, Your mom's like, yes, yes, she is. Oh, no, I am. I have um, night terrors, and I had them really bad we when I was you, younger. We love you, Michelle. I had them really bad when I was younger, and they'd be triggered by, like, overheating and stuff like that. And there was, Really? Yeah, there was one time. We were actually just talking about this the other day. It was one time um, when we were living at my grandparents' house that I had opened the door and ran out screaming, like, there's a fire, there's a fire, everybody yeah. get out. Oh, my like, gosh. But I was dead asleep. And You were, I, like, sleepwalking? I would not. I, it, it's a night terror. Like, I, I'm dead asleep, and I can't comprehend yeah. anything. You have to physically take me to the bathroom and splash water on my face or make me splash water on my face for me in order to wake up. But that's not the worst part. I tortured my mom so bad because I would walk into the bedroom and stand over the top of her and whisper, you're and yeah, like, and not even that, like, sometimes I wouldn't even say anything and I'd just be standing there. That's what Christopher would do. He would, like, stand in, like, he'd be dead asleep. Eyes fucking wide open, staring at you with a blank expression, just staring down a hallway next to your bed, at the foot of your bed. I'm like, can you maybe go be creepy somewhere else like i'm trying to fucking sleep dude no it's pretty bad and like with um ramon my husband working graves Uh and stuff like that if i get overheated during the summertime um i do have night terrors and my biggest fear is like being being an adult now like walking out the door and like something happening yeah but there was one day that i woke up and i it was pitch black in my apartment and I couldn't figure out what room I was in. Mm, I hate that. And I was in the living room. And I was, like, feeling around and freaking out because I like couldn't touch anything. Yes, yeah, so, until I found the hallway and mm-hmm. I, like, was able to find the light switch. And so it was really, really scary. Like, there's a lot of instances that I'll bring up in later episodes that this has happened. But, like, it, it's not fun. And I'm sorry, Mom, that I put you through all of that. Sorry, but now you Michelle. gotta deal with me. Um, we'll get lots more Miranda Lord yeah. but fucking sleep paralysis demon apparently waking her up how'd you sleep paralysis so Caitlin <laughs> my siblings are fun but um, so to move on the paranormal activity in the home started the night the family moved into the home it always does and targeted specifically Philip more than any other family member because he was sick huh Yes, so for others who don't know or who are just now jumping on the spooky train or spiritual whatever, um, spirits, specifically bad ones in general, Mm -hmm. will 
leech and latch onto those who are weaker and sicker because it's easy for them to get in your head. It's easy for them to feed off of you and all of the energy that you have left. Mm -hmm. So in little quote thingies here, it does say due to him being weak, um, presumably. Okay. Um, so a quote from Carmen here says, my son started seeing this young man with long black hair down to his hips. That's long hair. Yeah. She stated this to People, um, as I'm assuming People magazine. He would talk to my son every day. Sometimes he would threaten him. Other times he would stand there and just say his name, which was enough to scare him. Philip's name? Yes. Okay. Um, however, the spooky happenings slowly spread to other family members and escalated in intensity. Mm. Um, Carmen claimed that while mopping the floor, the water turned into blood and gave off an, um, like a rancid smell. Like it was blood? Yeah, reminiscent oh. of rotting fresh, the flesh. Sorry. Oh my god. The mop water was blood red. Mm -hmm. I mean, a deep, deep red. It made my skin crawl. I started getting nervous that I was ruining the floor, Carmen said in the 2002 documentary. Um, Carmen and Alan both said that unknown forces... Carmen and Alan both said that unknown forces had raped and sodomized them. Oh my god! That takes a haunting to a whole nother... That's a whole other fucking level. Like, yeah. it's one thing to be haunted, but to be violated by this thing that you can't even fucking see yeah like wow that's wow first off having a mortuary in a home is like the worst thing that you could possibly do honestly in my opinion not only that but like it's understandable that the the paranormal entities have also started to latch on to the others in the family because with something like this um with philip being sick mm -hmm. And everything that had been going on, there's no doubt that this caused some kind of strain in their marriage, some kind of strain within their kids mm -hmm. or something like that, which also ended up making them weaker. It doesn't necessarily have to be you physically being weak or sick, weak, but like mentally as well. Mm -hmm. um, understandable as to why they're starting the leech off of them. So while unknown forces physically tormented the adults in the family, they seemed to take a deeper interest into Philip. Again, he's sick. We know that it's going to happen, mm -hmm. unfortunately. The Sned Deckers started to worry when Philip's personality began to change. He became irritable and reckless, often inflicting cruel punishments on his younger siblings. And I'm not going to say that this could also possibly be his treatments, but again, it could because with radiation and all that kinds of stuff, like it really takes a toll on you and you have to have the mental being to like really power through it in order to like to fight it. And if you don't have a good mindset right off the bat, it's going to be really hard for you. And so like him lashing out, I'm not saying is a good thing or like, you know, is yeah. um what's the word excuse yeah it's not excused but that could also be another reason why he was acting out i'm not trying to debunk anything i'm just you know no, just definitely. dating facts and also from like the movie like, when you watch the movie like the the guy that plays philip he's like makes it very known that he's like he can tell that he's putting strain on his family because of his illness yeah because of 
they have to move because of him. They have to do this because of him. He like he feels all of this weight on his shoulders, plus dealing with his illness, which could you know easily a seventeen year old boy can make them lash out or yeah. make them you know feel like or what's the word internalize things. So I said what I said, but I might take it back now that I'm reading this a little <gasps> bit more. Okay. Um, it says, on one occasion, Philip placed Bradley on a gurney and spun him around until the younger boy begged him to stop. Yeah, that was in the movie, too. He also locked his brother in a chest and walked away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of those are, it's not lashing out. That's being, like, vindictive or, like, yeah. vicious. Um, the worst incident came after Philip attacked his cousin, um, Tammy, and was consequently forced to spend 45 days in a hospital doctors diagnosed philip with schizophrenia after he told them about stuff he saw regularly but they researched his medicine that he was on to treat Mm -hmm. his cancer um, just to be sure it didn't cause his quote-unquote symptoms and found it couldn't have given him hallucinations or triggered any dormant schizophrenia illness Mm -hmm. So there was no medical explanation as to, like, what was happening to him. I would like to also mention, though, um, in my psych class, Uh I learned that uh, mental illnesses like schizophrenia can be brought on by severe um, emotional situations. So getting cancer, you know, or getting his disease, having to move could easily have started some kind of schizophrenic episode. Yeah. So... Philip eventually got sent to spend um, to live with other relatives, and after doing so, he stopped hearing voices and seeing spirits. With such strong indications of paranormal activity, uh-huh. the family contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, the two paranormal investigators, as well as a priest to do an exorcism on the house. And on September 6th, 1988, um, the priest performed an exorcism on the house and the paranormal activity suddenly stopped and disappeared. Damn. Um, Later that year, they moved out of the house and never returned, uh, marking the end of the haunting of the uh, haunting in Connecticut. So has there never been any other haunting in that house since? Um, I didn't do more research on that. I probably should have. Okay, Queen. Did the same thing. Um, I kind of just stopped after the incident. After their story, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I would. I would definitely like um, to but they put up with this for two years. That's a long time because the the exorcism didn't happen until 1988, and they moved in in 1986. Like I feel like you would do more than that within the two years that you're there. Like even with one year like being there within one year i would i would definitely do something a lot sooner i guess especially since the activity happened not on the night one yeah on the first night i feel like it definitely i would have not like acted sooner but i think i would have but also maybe because i'm just like i my brain automatically goes to supernatural Uh so i would have like contacted a priest or something you know or a medium but some people since they don't believe in that, they try to find any logical explanation that they can. And yeah. sometimes maybe it took them two years to finally figure out, like, this is not logical. This is spiritual. Yeah. 
Um, so that's the end of my story. I kind of wanted to go for a short story this time and not something so creepy just because I knew you didn't tell me what the topic of yours was, but you told me that it was a missing persons case. And I knew that you and I would nitpick it Mm -hmm. quite a bit and like that kind of thing. So I kind of wanted to go with something a little bit shorter. No, definitely. We also do. We have a lot of, uh, we talk a lot. Yeah. I also didn't. Didn't think I was going to have the mental capacity to do something longer today just yeah. because you work. like I told, no, not just work, but like I told you earlier about the concert. Yes. I'm so excited. I literally looked at my watch today and I noticed that we had three days left and I'm like, dude, I can't believe it. But I'm like, I've been telling everybody for the listeners who don't know. I've been listening to this band called the Blackville Brides. For you don't know about who that is. About twelve for about twelve years now, and I finally get to meet them in person and go see them like headline and everything like yes. that. And I'm like freaking out. Like I saw wait. saw that there was three days left, and I I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. I literally was shaking. I was going to get a monster when I got to work today and I woke you up because I was shaking and uh. then I made myself physically sick from being ex- anxious. Oh, queen. Yeah, I know. So I'm like, when it comes to actually meeting them and I know Issa's going to do uh, her I'm best just, to take Candid. I'm just going because oh my I, gosh. I have the biggest FOMO. So I just don't want to miss out. Well, on no, you're going because I love you and I want to thank you. And I appreciate that you're willing to come to Always. bands and concerts that you don't necessarily listen to, Always. but are just there to like vibe and hang out. Because I still like that type of music. I just don't yeah. like listen to their songs, but like I can very much easily give me oh, a yeah, little Benjamin sure. and all vibes. Um, But I don't know, like I said, if I'm going to vomit, cry, or pass the fuck just out. Just don't do any of those in front of him. Out. Dude, no, it's gonna happen in front of him. Like, I'm gonna be crying and sobbing in the line, and he's gonna be freaked out. Like, they're all gonna be freaked out, and I'm gonna feel so bad. But I'm sure they also get so many people that act like so, like, over the top, like, probably more than what you're gonna be able, you know, like, you're gonna, like, yeah, give them. I so know. I'm sure used to, like, the craziness of, like, just people in general. So, yeah, I mean, the only thing that I really wanna do is, like, get his book signed mm-hmm. and then, um, have them like write the little like logo and then have them initial around it because I do want to get that tattooed um yes queen but um I was super excited for that so I knew I wasn't gonna have the mental capacity to just be like oh so by the time this episode comes out I will have already gone through that experience we already have our picture together with them yeah I know I'm so excited but it'll be super fun oh my gosh um do you have any ending thoughts or anything like that not really love no not really um i guess i don't know thanks for the human ashes those are delicious oh don't say that without context (laughs) i think i've murdered somebody he brought me human ashes Um, i make it's basically called muddy buddies but i make homemade muddy buddies and um for like christmas most of the time and we call it reindeer shit but I've started to make it for Halloween, so I just call it human's ashes because it looks like somebody burned some ashes or what. Like someone got burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Someone found that electric chair. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but that's all I, that's like my, I guess, final thought. Um, like we said in our first initial episode, 
Um, if anybody has any suggestions or stories oh, yes. of their own, go ahead and send us an email at bestschools23 at gmail.com. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram at bestschoolsapod and click the link tree for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be working on those polls um, the day of the release of the episode. So if you haven't checked out the Instagram before you came to this episode, make sure you go check that out. But this has been Best Schools Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank and you for listening. And also, real quick, sorry to no, cut you off, Queen. I just, just want to say, I am so proud of, like, all the editing that you do for this. Because I could oh, never. Thanks. I literally, when <laughs> you said too. that you sat there for, like, seven hours with your face and your damn laptop, I would have given up within, like, the first 30 like minutes. And I was like, bro, I was super hyper fixated on it. It happens. And no, I love that. I didn't, like, cut out a whole lot other than, like, super long pauses or, like, ums and likes that mm-hmm. we said, like, a lot. We'll get better. We'll get better. I did definitely leave some of them in there, but I felt like I did a pretty good job at, like, not, like, making it seem like it was. I feel like I was very coherent, and I really appreciate that, because a lot of the times, I feel like I just ramble, and I talk, and I, my words get jumbled in between each other, so I appreciate you making me sound like I can speak English, (laughs) Um, but. I just wanted to say thank you to you and also to like everyone that's actually listened to our podcast. Yeah, like the first episode, you. Yeah, we said earlier it had like 50, well, no, without me, like 40 listens. Yeah. But it's like, that's like 40 people wanted to like hear what we had to say. Like, I love you guys and I appreciate it. And I am thankful to all of our family and friends that. Oh, are that are absolutely, absolutely like sharing yes. everything. Yeah, no, I it's think, been really great. I didn't to, think like, see like we would have, or at least. I would have like so much like support on my end you know what I mean so it's it's really nice to see like how many people are like no we want to see you guys do great and succeed which I appreciate and I love all of you guys so I brought up the analytics we have 53 plays yeah um and that's out of 2,500 people that have seen our our Spotify that's a lot of people that have just seen it that's a lot of people but like I think we did pretty great for our first episode so that's I I literally had I told Rob that like I think it was Rob that I'd be happy with just like 10 listens yeah no for sure I was just happy with 10 listens yeah so and the fact that we have that many I just my heart is so full I'm super excited we also have a TikTok we do it's I think it's just best schools um but I will update it later it's on the link tree yeah um but yeah this has been best schools podcast and we will Um, have oh sorry what are you gonna say I'll just say, and we have a new episode every fright day. Yes, every fright day will be our our release. Yes. But we will see you next time, Spawnlings, and have a great night. Bye.